When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. That's fucked up. Uh, that's fucked up. That's really fucked up. Let's wait for the show to go live. Guys. There it is. What is uh, up, everybody? Welcome in to the PFR Nuggets podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Eric, just as I remember you. I, I don't, I don't, I mean, off I can't conjure that yes, kind you of can. false. Yes, you can. I've I mean, you, you, I've seen you're it. on me all this time. No, after a game, no problem. Middle of whatever month this is, how far away from the Denver Nuggets as possible. Can't do it. You, er, you Eric, vote. are you I not, are you not happy? Um, like I mean, life, as a person, yeah, like in your core, like the core, question. the how, core of who you are. Is how d- how deep do you want to go with this? <laughs> yeah. I went way too deep. Uh, we in. are presented as always by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's <laughs> top-rated sportsbook app. Use promo code DNVR whenever you sign up. I am joined by a man that looked like every dad at the resort I was at. It's Brennan Vote. That's awesome. I was going for Miles Teller and Top Gun. That probably is more accurate. Is that really what you were going for? No. Wait, you were going for cool with that? <clears throat> That's Good to have Adam friend. back, right, Eric? <laughs> Actually, I gotta say, I gotta give a shout to the homie. Vote, huh? absolutely held it down, man. Thanks, bro. absolutely. Listen to all of them as I came back uh, on the plane. Loved it. Appreciate hanging on you, every brother. every single every single second of it, I was hanging on. Especially the parts where that asshole talked shit about me. Yeah, you, you tuned in for a perfect twenty second window that one day. <laughs> one day. <laughs> the only time we talked about you all That's week. So funny. Uh, and then over here, as I mentioned, I do have Eric, but most people call him D line. Uh, I uh, moved to. Refer to Brendan only as Brendan Bahama from this point on. I don't, don't think I don't think it's going to I don't stick. think he likes I don't it. Think Brendan I Bahama. No, no, no. I love it, dude. Tommy Bahama. Out, out, out. Brendan yeah. Bahama. In. In, in, in. There were a lot I of like things it. that happened while I was gone. Or maybe actually, this is the way the internet works these days. I unplugged from the internet for the most part. I checked my phone in the evenings for the most part or what have you. But left it in the uh, safe at the hotel because I wanted to be present. Nice. I wanted to be present on vacation. Um, Sometimes when you're away for the internet for like... A week, you feel like you missed everything, <laughs> and you're like, "Oh my god, how did I miss the story or yeah. whatever?" And then when you like list them out, you're like, "Yeah, that's like an hour's worth of things that I missed in a full week." You know, you sift through so much, but nonetheless, I did miss them, and I'm excited to be back. One of those, of course, being um, Josh Kroenke's press conference, that's which right. which I do want to get into, but I want to wait. Harrison Wynn, congratulations on getting married. Congrats on that. Congrats on the uh, honeymoon that nice. is also over. He'll be back tomorrow joining us, and we'll be complete once again. I don't want to talk about it today and give my perspective on it and then have Harrison come tomorrow night. He'd give his perspective and then we, we draw it out tomorrow. We'll get more into the weeds. I thought you guys did a great job covering it. I thought you guys did it even more. Kudos to you for the questions, you specifically, but I thought all the Nuggets media, there were some really good pressing questions that uh, brought about some very good answers. And I feel like the presser was a success. I know that's a weird thing to say. I feel as it's a success in that. 
you were paying attention, if you were really combing through it, there was a lot of very valuable information. But we'll get into all of that tomorrow uh, a little bit more in depth. Today, um, we're going to talk in the second segment about some fun stuff. Uh, shortening the season has become a big topic. Maybe adding this other uh, tournament in the middle. Like, just trying to change it up. Because why? Because players are missing games and they getting hurt and this or that. Is it a good idea? Richard Jefferson presents a very interesting case. We'll play that clip later on about why maybe you shouldn't do it. We'll talk about that. I also want to talk about this idea, and, it, and there's a reason to it. There's a method to this. The idea, Stephen A. Smith last week presented that Michael Jordan ruined the NBA. I agree. Whoa. I don't agree. I know it's crazy. But it actually, I don't necessarily agree <laughs> as in like that's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about the connectedness of that take, the response that Kevin Durant had, and how it actually forms the way everybody interacts with the NBA right now and, and why I think it's actually an important topic. But first, our top story for this fine Monday, the NBA Finals are upon us. Yeah, Game one, the Golden State Warriors look like the Warriors we know and I don't want to say love, but respect at least for three quarters. <laughs> for almost three quarters until all of a sudden the Boston Celtics hammered them. Then in game two, with the return of Gary Payton II. <laughs> of Gary Payton II. Oh, my God. There's no way. It's going to be a contentious <laughs> show. It's, no not, it's not. Honestly, because we're having a joke here because in the private chat, on Monday show, I think it was, uh, D-Line made a little bit of a comment about Adam seems to think Gary Payton matters and I told him he thinks he knows things but I know more than him. He made this he made this whole little little comment about how Make Adam, sure you get my face while Adam is saying this. Yeah, so get him. So he's all Adam blah 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 no. this or that. Here's the thing. I need I need equal time here. Okay, go for it. Go for it. Because I don't want this to be we can do this, get this out of the way, but I don't want it can to be get this. The I actually want to get hair for me, please. Can you get yeah. the mallet? Um, no. What I said was when I told you that the Golden State Warriors were back was my big takeaway. It was met with resistance and also yes. refuted by yes. the notion that yes. they were not back because they were missing Gary Payton, not Junior, the second. Right, Gary <laughs> Payton, right. the second. Um, and then I watched them hammer the Mavericks. Yeah. And uh, so I, I have a feeling that what's going to happen today is I'm going to be told I'm wrong for being right. No, the, no, you're wrong for being you're, being you're wrong for being wrong, but you're also wrong from speaking out of both sides of your mouth, as of which I will prove here in just a second. Whoa. But here, again, this isn't it's not gonna be as entertaining to be actually it might be as entertaining, but there's something I really want to get to that I think is really interesting about Good this. To be back in this well, yeah. One of them is that when we talk about, first of all, the context of this, the Warriors are playing against um the the Grizzlies. Right, it was Dylan Brooks that took him out and broke his arm. Yes. At the exact moment when this happened, the Phoenix Suns were up two games to zero on the Dallas Mavericks yes. and had just beat him by 40 points in which they undressed Luka Doncic on the court to humiliate him. And so the context of this was, I'm worried that Gary Payton will not be available to guard Devin Booker, which is actually the matchup that I was most interested in. But guess what? The Phoenix Suns, to everybody's surprise, <laughs> completely vomited all over That's themselves right. in the most humiliating right. way. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden, you're playing the Dallas Mavericks, of which Luka Doncic is too big for Gary Payton anyway. That's not a matchup. And so this is part of it. So it actually didn't end up mattering in that round. But guess what? It sure as hell did matter in games one and two of this series. Game one, of course, him unavailable. And in game two, he was. And it completely changed the texture of that series in large part because... Texture. I like that. Well, in large part because he is able to guard Jason Tatum. Let me explain what happened to you guys. I mean, I know you guys talked about this a little bit. But what happened in game one... The Warriors shot the ball really well. They played really great. They didn't have a ton of depth, especially with that second unit. You're counting on a Jordan Poole. Well, guess what? The Boston Celtics, they, they had a plan where they said, we are going to put a body on Jason Tatum, but we're also going to bring Draymond Green and have him as this full help side guy so Jason Tatum can't get here. And guess what? We're vulnerable to kickouts. 
Well, you get kickouts to Al Horford, you get kickouts to Derek White, and you also get a strategy that says, hey, we're going to actually just play through these guys and use Jason Tatum as a decoy. He's going to suck the defense over here, and let's see what happens. And did those guys shoot ridiculously hot, the hottest of their career? 97%? Yeah, Yes, they did. <laughs> but guess what? What was it? 32 of the 35 three-pointers that the Celtics took in that game were considered wide open according to sure. uh, the, the tracking data. So did they shoot the hottest ever? Yes, but was that the vulnerability that the Warriors were forced were forced to choose, the poison they were forced to choose because they didn't have their defenders on there? The Celtics were up, by the way, by, or the, the, the Suns were up by 12, or Suns, <laughs> Warriors were up by 12 points after the third. Yeah. They're, like I don't think they. Were, I think I, I thought it was nine after the third because they were up like eighteen. Yes, then, until what happened? And they brought the second unit in. Yes, it started, started in the third quarter. And Andre Iguodala was part of that. By sure, way. of course. Guess what? But, He's not as good as Gary Payton. Yes, yes. But then the uh, the Celtics unleashed the most absurd, like unreplaceable, unreplicable assault I've ever seen with Al Horford, Marcus Smart. And Derek White. White. Yeah. If if you're playing, if you're saying that Gary Payton Jr. the second is going to cover all of those guys, no, he's not. But you're not listening. The point is, <laughs> no, I'm being serious about this. The I point know you're is, being serious. Your defense has to be compromised when you say. I mean, people do this to Jokic all the time, right? Because Jason Tatum. What if we were joking about this, right? About people were like, oh man, I know he only shot three of sixteen, but what a great game because he had a career high thirteen assists. Because what happens sometimes when teams do this to Yoke? And it happened, by the way, uh, in the. Clipper series where Yoke's numbers were only like 29 points sure, per game or 26 sure. points per game or whatever. But guess what? He sat there and like, oh, you guys are going to send two bodies at me. This is the easiest food sure. I've ever eaten in my life. And I just distribute. And it was a great game plan. What happened in the second game was they got him back. And first of all, kudos to Gary Payton for playing through this. He has a broken arm. Like yep. that's a pretty impressive, like, and who knows if he'll hold up for the rest of the series, but to come back and play through this is impressive. But what happened was they said, okay, we overcorrected in game one. We put too much attention to him. Now we have a guy that we feel, we're not sure, but we feel he can actually guard him one-on-one. -on -one. We feel that if we put him on there, we don't have to compromise our defense, so we're not going to give them open shots. We're not even going to leave the door open that maybe Derek White and Al Horford make wide-open threes. We're not going to allow that to happen. And guess what? What was Jason Tatum plus-minus in, in Game 2? Do you remember off the top of your head? I'm minus guessing you do. Minus 36. There it is. Minus That's 36. That's the worst, right? The single worst in It's one of the worst we've had. Is it the worst in Finals it's history? It's worst in Finals history. Oh, my. So. A couple people sent that to me like, last night. <laughs> so he not only goes from having a game in which everyone credits him for his career-high assist and where he's an impact player just by accepting a role that's going to use him as a decoy, but all of a sudden he has the worst plus-minus in, in history. And here's, and here's why I think this is really important. Actually, there's a couple of reasons why. Gary Payton II, as Eric likes to point out, is not the best player on their team. He's nope. not the second best player. He's not nope. the third. And he's nope. probably not the fourth best player. Nope. He's probably not the fifth nope. best player. Nope. If Keep you going. Keep going. <laughs> well, no, but here's why this is he so fascinating. The Athletic had a great write-up uh, last week. Uh, another thing I read on the way home, and I want to read you guys the first two paragraphs of this article because I mm. thought it was so great. So here, it, it, this is about the Warriors and how they are set up. And it was such a great... This is by Marcus Thompson and Anthony Slater, and I have to give them credit. They're great. Very, very, very well-reported story, but not just well-reported. Mm. They told the story in a great way because what they did is they used the selection of Gary Payton to the last roster spot this year to show 
how their front office is set up and how their decision making works. And he starts like this. He says, preseason Los, Los Angeles, an overall meaningless night to the viewing public in what then was known as Staples Center, but the stakes were high in regard to the Warriors' 15th and final roster spot. The decision was between Avery Bradley and Gary Payton II. The franchise legends, he's referring to Draymond Green and Steph Curry, preferred Bradley, the known commodity. The front office wanted Payton, a gem they felt they discovered. There was also a third option, neither Leaving the spot open would save millions in luxury uh. tax penalties. The internal <laughs> debates were lively. The competition dilted Bradley's direction when Peyton had hernia surgery a month before training camp and wasn't able to get on the court. So he's missing training camp. This was his chance. Remember, Gary Peyton has not been around. He hasn't proven himself. He's trying to get the last roster spot, uh, essentially. He gets a hernia. Just, he was running out of time to win a spot to secure an NBA job. Peyton needed to make a statement. He convinced the training staff he was good enough to play in this preseason game. He entered late in the first quarter, had a putback dunk, a layup within the first 121 seconds on the court, two more dunks. Then a, a block, a steal, 11 minutes, and he put up all of that. And at one point, Steph Curry stood up after a putback block, and he looks at Bob Myers. And he basically gives him the, like, okay, I see. You guys know what you're talking about. And he had won him over. The 15th spot on the roster. <laughs> so I, you can joke about this. We can keep going down the list. Literally the last guy in terms of importance yes. when they were assembling the roster. Yes. Literally the most important player in the game, too. Why being the linchpin of the Golden State because Warriors' he w- because, success? Because this is what I'm saying, is when you get to a certain level, what you're doing is the tautology of saying, well, Steph Curry is the reason they won. Of course, he was brilliant. When you get to a certain level, if you just tell, like, this is like, like an, an, you tell a high schooler, like, if you work hard, you can do anything you want. Like, okay, that's good. That's a good, like, baseline foundational truth. But if once you get up to the top CEOs in the world, they're competing on the top stage, all of a sudden, the, it's no longer just, hey, work hard, man. That's the key to making it the best company. These other margins start to matter. You're in the NBA Finals. You need to have guys that can guard, that don't compromise your defense so that you can allow the Steph Currys of the world. You can allow uh, the Jordan Pools of the world to do their thing and not be compromised. And that was the 15th spot on the roster, and it made all the difference. So I don't understand how I said this after the first round of the playoffs that the Warriors were back and we've ha- not had Gary Payton Jr. be part of this, but somehow it only matters now. First of all, he was part of the first round. He was part but of how, the... How is it that the Warriors were able to trudge through without... Who did, they tr- who did they trudge through? They made it through one and a half series. Yes. They the, made it through one and a half NBA series playoffs. in which one of the teams lost their best player but and I, the other one was the, the Dallas Mavericks. The, Here's the point. This I didn't the, say that... In they, years that, past, it's Sean You want to make this a me and you thing. I'm trying to tell you that this is actually more interesting on a basketball <laughs> building thing. So we can do this if you want. But I'm telling you... I don't want to do this. But here's the point, Eric. You told the PHX guys when PJ Dozier wasn't available in the series that he would have made an impact because he was the best perimeter defender. Is he the best player? Is he the second best player? The third, fourth, fifth? No. But you know who would have made a bigger impact is Jamal Murray. No shit. Of course Steph Curry (laughs) makes a big impact on him too. What I'm saying is teams have guys on their roster and sometimes they are only bit players and they make a huge impact because they give you the versatility for specific matchups. That's what Gary Payton provided them and should they have played a Devin Booker Chris Paul combo they would have needed somebody to guard those guys they didn't they didn't need him thankfully in that one they do need him against the Boston Celtics and he made an enormous impact in that one they and now if we did five last night Adam. what's that they went by 25 points and what was night. his plus minus on that one like plus 
24, I think it was. Like, it was incredible. Are and we, by the way, they got outscored by nine points in the first half when he wasn't on the court. Attributing the Warriors' success yes. last night to Gary Payton Jr.? Not to him solely. What I'm saying is it is important to recognize that when a team builds, all of the pieces matter. I, listen, I get it. However, I've watched the Warriors build around those three guys with a whole roster of people. Like, it's been Festus Azili. It's been... Uh, I, I can't even remember names of these guys. Like over and over, there's just like different guys. It's just like a uh, revolving door of bit players. Yes, they're all important because those guys can't be on the court the entire game. You have to have guys that are competent, but they're starting no, so no. far ahead of their competition that you, the amount of uh, wiggle room you have with the bit player that you choose, if you have to be- Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, now Jordan Poole, but you're now arguing Otto against Porter. nobody here. If you're saying that Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Clay Thompson, those guys are so great that the margin of error is small, of course, but the margin of error matters. And that was a decision that happened at the last minute that here we are nine months later that is making an enormous impact. And sure. the reason I think this is an interesting vote. We talk so often about Bones Highland and about like, is he a starter for this team? Is he a closer? Is this or that? And we always say, yes, he's going to be this or no, he's not a starter, but he can be a six man. Here's the thing. I don't think that's the right way to look at it. Jokic is a starter and closer, full stop, every game. Jamal Murray, same thing. Michael Porter, I think, same thing, maybe 95%, but, but I feel pretty good about it. You start to get into these other ones, there might be a series where Bones Highland is the guy that it's like, no, we're closing. All of the Denver Nuggets series where they said they don't have anybody to guard Jordan Poole, we put that out there. We're vulnerable, but it doesn't matter. We're not going to get killed. We're just going to score so many points. Bones Highland might be that guy. They need to find the P.J. Dozier or Gary Payton. And by the way, it might actually be Gary Payton. He's yes. actually a candidate for this. So it's yes. kind of funny that you're disparaging him. It actually might be him that you get into a... I'm not disparaging uh, him. You're disparaging the fact that he could make the difference no. between the Nuggets winning no. a, a title no. or not. My What I said was, I know the Warriors are back. And you said, I don't think you're paying attention because they lost Gary Payton Jr. And then all they did was win every series. And they're still back... They have him or they don't have him. They're better with him. I think the NBA is very funny in this way (laughs) and that I honestly think both of you are right. And I think both of you can be proved right or wrong within any given quarter, any given possession. Right now, when you have guys like Jokic and LeBron, you can cover up your 15th and 14th spots on the sure. roster, right? There are teams, but there... I don't know if you can, though, anymore, vote. That's well, my point. I mean, look, when I say guys like Jokic and LeBron, I'm talking about, like, two of the yeah, yeah, 10 yeah. best players that have ever lived, so, like, good luck finding them. But, uh, look, the, the, I do think these this Warriors team could win this series without Gary Payton. I do. You do? I, absolutely. I, I do. Do they... Are their chances better with him? Of course. Mm-hmm. Um, could Steph and Clay and Draymond... I mean, I think Clay's not that guy right now, but could they, in theory, cover up some of that? I do. I think they could. Uh, much the same way Porter and, and Murray could have made a lot of these margin signings look much better. But I still think you're right. I mean, I still think it matters sure. to have Gary Payton. Matchups pr- crop up. I just think the NBA is kind of funny in this way, in that any given night, b- one, based like through confirmation bias, either one of you could feel absolutely correct. (laughs) That is what's interesting to me about the Celtics, though. I will give them credit in that way. I think Jason Tatum's a very good player. As far as your best players players go, I don't think he's that good. But the Celtics are here because they've nailed so many of these little decisions. Um, Also, finally, I will also say, I think the Warriors overcompensated with or without uh, Peyton in game one. Like That was a weird game plan. 
Jason Tatum is very good. He's not that good. Don't. Why are you letting him have 13 assists? <laughs> Votes back after one. You don't one, have to like. After one you don't need to soft double back. Jason Tatum the whole game. He's hit two two pointers. He's hit two two pointers. Yeah. Like just he's gonna take bad shots and bail you out anyway. You don't have to leave four people <laughs> wide open. But I, I do think like. On any given night, I could throw a drink back, laugh, and agree with Eric, or I could zo zoom in on a matchup and agree with Adam. Um, different teams have different routes to getting there, and some teams are going to be able to build this beautiful 1 through 15 thing. Some teams are just going to say, LeBron, carry us home. What I appreciate about the Warriors is how they didn't just rest on their laurels of, oh, yeah. ooh, we got the talented totally. guys. Let's make sure we're doing our due diligence and 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 making sure that we're nailing all of these little decisions. So it's Steph plus us. Yeah. And, and and the result is not just that first window, but here the Warriors are back again after all of this. Gary Payton cost an enormous amount of money when you can factor in yeah. all of the luxury tax penalties. So when these guys got in a room and said, like, is he going to make a difference? They feel like, absolutely, it's worth this ridiculous investment for a player that might not even play at all, because it's hard to remember that now, but at the start of the season, that wasn't, that wasn't a certainty. And here's my the thing that's most important when i look at i thought this was true of the phoenix suns the playoffs kind of exposed that that was not true of them but when i look at the boston celtics and i look at the the warriors they're so versatile oh, like yeah. they could go through a series and not play to your point a gary payton they could also go through a series and probably not play andre guadala at all or otto porter as much or nemanja bielita like they just have guys that's like this is what we need we have a piece for that let's yep. pull it in and I think that's when we're talking about team building with the Nuggets. First of all, Gary Payton might be a name that yeah, Denver uh, looks at. Like, who be, knows? Maybe De Gary Payton is the guy for Denver. It would be hilarious if Eric is, oh. like, full team. I know you're not anti -Hill. I'm not I'm even anti-Gary Payton. I'm just Payton. saying it would be hilarious if <laughs> – No, but you have to have the ability to go to if it. we got Jason Tatum. <laughs> that would be hilarious. Yeah, so funny. <laughs> but my point is, is that you have to be able to win, especially in the Western Conference where there's so many good teams. And honestly, it's probably going to be in both conferences going forward. There's just too many good teams, and they're too different. That you have to be able to say, our strengths are Jokic, Murray, mm -hmm. Porter. Yep. But sometimes we can go even more offense and throw bones out there. And, and maybe uh, if it's Will Barton or somebody else like that, we're like, you know what, this team... They can't score, so we're just going to put our great offense out on the court and do this. Or maybe you need to put the defense out there, and it is a Gary Payton. And maybe Michael Porter comes off for more minutes than you think because we're putting out another big defensive wing. You have to have the ability to do that, and that's what Gary Payton represents. And to me, he is essential in this series. Could they win without him? Sure. But the margin to me is actually way hard, way more. It's not a little one in yes. this specific series. Fair enough. Fair enough. Yes. That, most def the, if the point is m more versatility makes you more dangerous, the answer is yes, of course. I agree with you 1 million percent. Is the question, are the Warriors back? Um, they can't be considered back because Gary You made this too hurt. much into a you versus me thing, and it's less interesting. What are you talking way. about? It, I made it, it into a you versus me question. That is the foundation of this, is whether or not the Warriors uh, are able to get this done with or without Gary Payton. Are the Warriors a continuation of the dynastical Warriors that we saw years ago? My contention is absolutely yes. Steph, can, Steph and Yoke are so similar, though, in this one way. But what you're talking about is... The yoke gets you 90% of the way there. Steph gets yes. you 90% of the way there. Yes. Like they're so good. But the thing is, is that 
the thing about Gary Payton is he's actually not that versatile himself. Sure, sure. But sure. him as yes. as an idea Piece makes the, the team. So sure. yep. he's a guy like, and this is what I think Denver needs is they might need a guy. Austin Rivers was this guy, by the way, for them. Like Austin Rivers is kind of a kind of he's not that, that great, but a, a lot of things. But he's really good at defense and he can fill yeah. in. And they might just need that. They might need the great shooter, but then they also need the lengthy defender. Then they need the small forward defender. So taking all of this and applying it to Denver. You know, like Jokic is enough to put. I uh, like. Are you contending year in and year out? Yes. Do I? Th- could they go and get one with Jokic? Yeah. Even in a year like last year, where people aren't thrilled with the little signings, I think the answer is yes. But the difference between can we maybe get one this year, right? And what the Warriors have turned into since Steph got there are little things like that, yep. and that's what's kept them in that spot despite everything they've been through. And right. those are the things I don't have a ton of faith in for the Nuggets, or at least we've seen no signs of so far. I still think that Jokic ride can get them across the finish line, but, you know, is Stan going to say, let's let's pony up in the repeater tax for that right. 15th guy because it will make the difference this year? I mean, those are the types of decisions that you have to give Golden State well, credit for. one example of this decision, I mean, we just talked about how much money Gary Payton ended up costing them, like te- a ton of money in luxury tax payments. Davon Reed wasn't added to the roster. That's a good point. Davon Reed wasn't. Could you have bought out one player? Could you have bought out a Faku and then added Davon Reed? We talked about the reason we wouldn't. And I was even defensive of this, but part of me looks at it and goes, Davon Reed, Gary Payton. Gary Payton had a full year and he developed into a better player, no questions asked. But maybe Davon Reed, the investment right. should have been there in the same way to where he was a guy that, but, hey, maybe he does guard Jordan Poole better than whatever it was Denver yeah, did. Maybe it but the, been, but the difference, but the point is, is like if you're talking about going into the repeater tax, like yeah. you want to go in your first. Step needs to be one that is uh, actually made to actually win a title. Like they're not going to win a title with Michael Porter Jr. and Jamal Murray. Just full stop. Last year, there's no reason to start that clock until it's actually valued. But there were ways they could have kept him in the playoff roster and not got into the tax. Yeah, but like I mean, like you know, it's not that big of a deal. I'm just saying that these margins do add up. You're right that Denver's not in a moment where it was necessary matter. Maybe Golden State wouldn't have done this in a different moment. I'm just saying that that at some point they do matter, and it could be the difference between Davon Reed could be the difference between he's not going to be the difference between 50 and 60 wins, but he might be the difference between game two, no a question. win or a loss in a conference finals. No, right, we got to hit a break, guys. We're no too question. late. Let's oh, hit a break man. on the other side. We'll I continue that was debating thing. It was it was great stuff, but I still have more to say. We have but that's bills fine. to play. <laughs> I uh, forgot. <laughs> forgot it's good to be back. Back, yeah, so back so yelling at each and, other. Uh, yeah, you know what's really cool about Ivaca TV. Everything. Yeah, they <laughs> have they have services like Altitude Sports, AT and T. If you uh, if you want to watch your favorite Colorado sports teams and you haven't been able to because of the piss fight between some billionaires, <laughs> you can now thanks to our homies at Evaca. Let's go. They also have a DNVR channel, which is pretty cool. So you can see Adam and Eric argue with each other also, on like, your TV. Do what you can to take away the power of Comcast. Comcast has too much power, and it's because we all pay them. Yeah, a lot of talk about that streaming service, the Nesson one. That's pretty expensive. You know what's cheaper? Ivaca. We've got a nice option for you. You can get your abs. You can get your nuggets. And you can get DNVR. How do you get it, though? You go to ivaca.tv slash DNVR. That's ivaca.tv slash DNVR. Then use the promo code DNVR. You'll get $10 off your first three months. That's only $50 per month for the first three months, plus that receiver, of course, Evoca TV, they get the people going. They get your teams on your TV. I have been starting my mornings with a laugh. I know it's a scary way for me to start an ad read, <laughs> but this one is normal. I'm talking about Athletic Greens. Let's go. 
Me and you both, buddy. <laughs> I love Athletic Greens. I got that. It came with a little bottle. Hell yeah, So I can dude. measure out my 12 ounces of cold water with my one scoop is all I need to get the nutrients, the greens oh. in my body to start my day, right? I have it before I eat. Then I work out. That second part's a lie. The first part's true. <laughs> and it's my favorite way to start the day. I do it every day. 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens and other words that I don't really know, but they sound like they're good for me. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash nuggets, athleticgreens.com slash nuggets to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. You think these fingernails, like I Dude, came, you think I came oh out the God, womb this shiny? Dude, no I'm way. telling you, listen, I, I don't know if Some you, kids are born without have nails. Have you ever, have, have the two weird. of you ever been on like a, a regimented multivitamin uh, mm, regiment? No. I am now. Um, I've not ever done it before in my life. I, I, I almost looked at vitamins as sort of pseudoscience in a way. Like <laughs> you just take yeah. them. I've been taking, <laughs> I've been taking athletic greens now very consistently for yeah. many months. Let and I gotta nails. say like, like I'm noted, like my body is like working better. Really? Yeah, just feel for better. real. My skin, I'll let you, I'll let you feel that. Wow. Very soft. My hair, very soft. My nails, strong. Oh, uh, I, I'm, I'm telling you, like I, I'm like, oh right, the building blocks of the human body are actually valuable to the human body. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's very real. All right, great read, but but both of you guys actually would great to chime in there. Um, do you want to put any? <laughs> do you is don't it, have any testimonials? I, I, Sheila stole mine. Oh, okay. <laughs> That she's sounds right. She's she, she, she loves it. She yeah. also swears by <laughs> it. Nails are great. She's like, you should order some of your own now. And I'm like, that was yeah, mine well, I that did. I got. <laughs> <laughs> I did. You took it. Um, all right. What uh, do you want? Is there anything else that you want to kind of put a bow on here? All I want to say is you're right, Adam. You are right. You're completely right. Like every player on the roster matters. But all I know is that the bit players matter, but they don't matter unless the top talent is there and the top talent is functioning. I mean, yeah. That that is the only thing that matters. Sadly, in Wait, the what? NBA, uh, no, I, I disagree with this though. I'm I telling you, I this was definitely true to me back. of like 2005 when yeah, there was LeBron like James four good players in the league, and then there yes. was a bunch of like highly paid guys that didn't care about the sport at all. I just think we're past that, man. There's too many good players now. It's, Every team is going to have going forward. The Nuggets are going to win a title. They're going to play against two or three great teams. I agree. And it, I'm not saying it will definitely come down to the margins, but the margins are going to tilt these things in, in one direction or the other. And maybe I, I don't want to count on Yoke to have to score 50 every night. No, but they'll that, probably have to do it once or twice in the series. Yes. Yeah. Uh, well, that's why you have Jamal Murray that scores 50 points in multiple. That, that that's what propelled us to the Western Conference Finals. And you know what? You know why the Nuggets beat the Blazers though? I mean, you could distill it down. The Austin Faku. Rivers game. No, oh, that's right. It, no, you have you do you have like one. This is ha but it it doesn't. It, it doesn't mean it's Austin Rivers. It means that somebody else eventually has to step up in some capacity where there is a deficit or where there's an opening. Like, well, they, I mean, I, I watched the war the Warriors all year played with Gary Payton Jr. And they yeah, got they were, what, they, they were the, awesome. what were the sixth seed, the, the fourth seed. Like, I mean, they had it wasn't until, to a lot of players. Yeah, but it wasn't until Clay Thompson came back that it like really unlocked who they are. And like now you start to see, even though he's not even playing well, there's just something about like the intangible part of sports where 
just the confidence that those guys together are able to bring to the court, like somehow becomes greater than the, the sum of the parts. Like they're just, do you, they, they do, you such... do you at least agree with the portion of this that said that when we talk about bones and like, well, I don't know. Cause he doesn't provide the defense. If you have Jamal, like does bones provide these, but there might be a series where it's like, yes. you're going up against a weak backcourt. No question. And it's like, guess what? We can play them. And that's actually our, now that's the lineup we play all the time. All la Jordan Blake, Jordan Poole. He had, who did he have going against? Monte Morris, Will Barton. They were like, you know what? Jordan yes. Poole can't guard, but Barton and, and Monte aren't going to beat us. So we'll just bludgeon them. And I think the Nuggets could have a series like that. Maybe two, maybe three series like that where they roll out a Bones-Murray backcourt for large portions of it. And they're for like, sure. yeah, they can't punish that. All right, listen, I'm, I'm completely with you. I just, I just know that if the Nuggets start hitting on the cylinders of Jokic, Michael Porter Jr., and Jamal Murray, like, good luck, good night. Um, then you have uh, Aaron Gordon in there to sort of, like, uh, do the role that Kevon Looney is where suddenly they need, need somebody to go inside. You know, he's got to be the Andrew play. Wiggins. Could be. Uh, point being, like, they have the, – the, the, the what makes the Warriors, in my opinion, so unbeatable is just the sheer number of ways they have to beat you. Yeah, they there's it, it, it's just like, OK, by the way, I think the Celtics have a lot of this, too. I mean, maybe they do less loud. It's not it's like as loud. powerful of a hammer, well, yeah, but, but it's, it's still like as Peyton versatile Well, because it's it just happens on the other side of the ball. So yeah, it's just it really sort of a harder is. thing yeah, to they digest. Have so they have so true. many good defenders. And the Warriors defenders. last night had like 15. They, they got 15 turnovers. They were stealing the ball left and right from the Boston Celtics. They're just such a dynamic. He's a very disruptive defender in addition to being a lockdown. We got to move on. We got to move on. Goddamn back. The Warriors are back. You guys are both missing the point. Tatum sucks. Damn. <laughs> I can't wait to like, give him finals MVP. Minus 36, baby. I mean, the things it would take for him to be finals MVP at this point would be like... What do you mean? They just have to win. Everyone's going to do it anyway. <laughs> it's going to be the lamest thing I, lo- I loved that at halftime last night. Let's revisit how good Tatum actually was in game one. Uh, <laughs> Three for 17. He was, he did, what Tatum is he for the series bad. now? Shooting? A good point. I don't know, it's like six of 35 years. or something. If yeah. not for those three-point shots. I mean, he was bad yeah. missing layups dude i'm serious he's actually <laughs> he's so good he's, he's just not the best version of himself and i know he's only 19 but he's only 23 he's only 19. which is actually so upsetting because he's so so young but you're just like dude what is that shot all right um can we play one. i, I want to play a, an extended clip here you guys got to hang with me richard jefferson had, I, should we play the clip or should i just explain what he said like this i can just explain what he said it, uh, yeah, you can do, probably do okay. it better than he did. Yeah, yeah, he went into an impassioned. Sorry, Kale, I had you. <laughs> you think Kale was so excited to be able to do this? Um, Richard Jefferson over the weekend talked. He went on this long rant because the NBA is trying to look at Adam Silver did his big speech. You know, every year he does right before the finals, where he kind of the state of the union basically of the NBA. And one of the things is he talked about shortening the season. He talked about the midseason tournament and changing the way they operate. And I loved what Richard Jefferson said, who, by the way, Richard Jefferson was a little bit of an iron man in that he played most of his games. He lasted a long time. And he said, look guys, the NBA season, regular season. One of the things that's different about the, even the European season, the different for the NBA is they play 82 games. It's a marathon. And then at the end of the marathon, it's a sprint. So you yes. actually have to run a marathon, yes. and then you have to run a sprint. And guess what? That's w- part of why the NBA has the greatest athletes in the world is because it requires so much pressure on your body, so much sacrifice. And because of this, they've grown the sport, and they've done all this and that. And they said, y- would the games be more competitive if we reduced it down to 60 or this or that? He's like, maybe, maybe, but do we, we lose something of the competition? And then his other part here was, if we do this, are you telling me players aren't going to still sit out? Because if you reduce it to 65 games, 
some scientist is going to come in and say, yeah, but it's better if you only play 55. And we're still going to be in the same GD spot that we're in so right terrible. now. I got to say, man, I think our, our Richard Jefferson hasn't always been my favorite analyst. <laughs> no. He's had some great takes lately, though. I've enjoyed He's had a couple okay. like bangers lately, and this is one of them where I am with him. I'm not necessarily saying they shouldn't shorten the season. We'll talk about why he may or may not be right. But I think his point about trying to perfect things in this way, I don't think is possible. I actually think it's kind of dumb. I d- yes, you're probably right that once you start shortening these games, I'm sure the science does say that's better. The science probably also says it's better to not play at all. <laughs> it's you know? definitely yeah, it's bad. It's bad for your joints to play basketball. Do you know that? Yeah. Um, really bad. I'm curious when Nicholas says there the biggest issue is not how long it is, but how unbalanced it is. I'm curious what you mean by that. You mean scheduling and, and the back to backs, or, or I'm curious. Feel free to elaborate. But I think he's on to something there. I do. There's just this two. The thing about the NBA is we're always talking about it as if we're all on the same page in terms of agendas, and we're not. Like Richard's a player. So Richard is thinking about this from the pride standpoint of a former athlete yeah, and competition. Sure. Now, a commissioner of this league is t- thinking about an entertainment business. And he's pr- and he also has to balance this with you know, like what's if a shorter season means less injuries and it means the stars are available more, isn't that a better product? Like that's a different conversation than what Richard is sort of having. So But he had that conversation too because he's saying like and I mean, you know this vote What's a realistic number? First of all, we're not going to shorten it to 40 games. So we're really talking about are we going to shorten it to 75 to 70? And if we said 70 games, are you telling me that Anthony Davis isn't going to still rest another no, five true. games? That's true. Maybe another 10? I mean, I don't feel like it needs to change. I don't. I guess I'm just trying to understand that when we have these sort of conversations, I don't know if everyone has the same goals or perspective on it. I also don't know, Eric, you maybe you can appreciate this. One of the perspectives I take is that we always feel like we have to solve things. And sometimes I'm like, I don't know, this is a sport. It's entertainment, and there's flaws to it, but it is entertaining. Yep. What you need is players to play. Yep. And maybe one of the solutions is tying your salary to ga- – like you are paid – it's prorated through a full season I minus wonder. injuries. or this. I yeah. mean, it gets a messy in there too. But I do wonder if part of it is like, hey, man, we know it's hard. We know a back-to-back you're probably not going to win or this or that. But that's – we this is what we do and this is how we're going to do it um i hate back-to-backs more than anything in the world like they to me are like an uh, it's the most unfair thing in sports is when somebody has to travel a back-to-back to come into especially yeah. like denver i mean it's like almost a guaranteed loss but my main feeling on all of this is that i love watching basketball <laughs> right there's it's so, so often so, so often true. the nba the uh, and all these sports leagues the right act as though we are here for them as opposed to them being here for us. Right. It is so obnoxious to me that the way that um, we go about, we're like, how can we make these players' lives f- go from one million times better than ours than 10 bazillion times better than ours? Like, I, I, I'm not worried about the life of an NBA uh, player. I'm just not. Like, it, it, other than, like, the way that I'm concerned about every other single human being on earth. Like nobody, I'm just saying like they have spent their entire lives perfecting their craft, becoming uh, perfecting their bodies. Like this is the life that they are signed up to be a part of. And I I don't understand like why we're so eager to have them not play basketball. I also wonder, I don't get it. Like play basketball. How much of this conversation is is not shut up and dribble by the way. Not that (laughs) is exacerbated. You can talk all you want (laughs) by just these last two seasons being COVID seasons. So there were more guys out and more games where it's like, who is that guy? Like I follow basketball, but I'm on Google right now. It's there's a lot of that. And I do part of me. 
wants to push back on this whole conversation in that when that isn't going on, I actually don't think players sit that much. Like I know Kawhi did a lot, but he had like a real it's high profile ones. Yeah, he had a health issue, but. James Harden, famous for going super hard in the regular season. Giannis never <laughs> takes a night off. LeBron played 82 games in like ba yeah. basketball year 2000. Yeah. I, yeah. I think most of these guys compete night in and night out. I do. I actually think this is a conversation that's had more in these sets and these environments no might be. than it, it actually might be right. applies to yeah. the game itself. That's my thing. I think that's a good take. I, all I know is that there's never a game that we watch where I'm like, ugh, I wish I didn't watch that. Like every yeah. night that there's a game, That's I'm a like, point. dope, this is going to be great. I one can't of, wait to watch Jokic play basketball. One of the hard, I, I'm a thousand percent with you. And I do think this is one of those things where like all of the people that talk about sports in the most annoying ways, like online or this or that, if they got what they want, they'd just like very quickly be like, man, this sucks. Yeah, right? yeah, so there's not a game yeah, yeah. till Friday. Like, hold on. What did I do to myself? Yeah. I screwed myself over big hey, time. It's actually no game tonight. Kyrie's. He's having a tough one, so we're just gonna yeah. move it to tomorrow, and we'll play tomorrow. That's Everyone what it is—the is high-profile like Simmons, Kyrie's of the world. Over there. I actually love the aspect that you're you're mentioning that Richard Jefferson brought up. Like part of the competition is the attrition. Yep. Like that's part of being the best in the world is like being able to stay involved and like physically and mentally physi ready. I mean, it's it it should be. I mean, conditions shouldn't always be perfect. They they just simply shouldn't be. Like. To be the best, you have to sort of rise above oh, all, path, all things that are thrown at you. Yeah. It's, it is a long-form tournament. This. Jokic yes, believes this Jokic wholeheartedly. absolutely believes this. And perhaps our views are warped by the fact that we are we have watch the toughest, the toughest on earth. guy <laughs> on earth play every game that never complains, refuses to sit out uh, yeah. because it becomes a point of pride. Like point. I wish every NBA player would feel that way and like show that it's not only about the skill, but it's about the strength of, of your composition, your That's constitution, so who you are. Like... I, I mean, I get it. Like, I don't want to work today. I don't want to be here right now. But uh, sometimes you just got to uh, suit up and do it. NBA fans, maybe less so than every other fans, don't see ourselves as observers of the sport, but somehow these, like, participants, participants of, yeah. like, yeah, we're all playing GM and we're all playing commissioner. And we're like, I know how to fix yeah, this, guys. Right. Like, it's like, well, it doesn't matter. That's like, none of this, we're not, there, nobody's listening to us. It, one of my movies I always recommend to people is Human Nature. You guys yes. ever seen, remember Charlie Kaufman's first ever movie? Uh, but he, it, it there's uh, one of the characters is trying to teach table manners to mice. Because he as he explains it, he's like, because if I can teach manners to mice, I could teach them to people, and if I could teach them to people, I might make the world safer. <laughs> and it's the funniest like logic. But that's how people talk about basketball. Like we might be able to make it safer. Right. And you're like, so true. Wait, what? Yeah. I guess. <laughs> you mean yeah. like, yeah, okay. Anyway. It's so true. The logical end of this is just don't play anymore. <laughs> just don't and play. We should all There's stop six games. They're all 15 minutes long. There's only five guys total on the team. Yeah, it's really dumb. How would you fix the NBA? I'll tell you how I would fix the NBA. I would change the discourse. The discourse <laughs> to me is the what is. I would get adults in charge of the NBA, and I would I, I would like uh, advertise, and I would uh, Eric basketball fascist. I cannot stand the way the NBA talks about itself. If you watch, it really does if you watch shows job. devoted to the NBA as opposed to shows devoted to any other sports league, the NBA is the one that is just like most juvenile, most uh, like petulant, most based in memes and insults. The most false too. Though. It's the most false. It's like not the whole. The NBA has been reduced to a meme. 
<laughs> it's definitely the easiest sport to pretend you know what you're talking about. It just in terms of oh, I don't know be, about that. I you know, think football might in be in terms of the way you will be accepted <laughs> with open arms into the community. Yeah, in my maybe, opinion. maybe football's right there though, man. I'm telling you, baseball's the one that you can't like. You can prove it. Yeah, no um, kidding. Uh, all right, let's get uh, let's take a break on the other side. More on how we talk about the game, but let's go in an interesting way. <laughs> but when we do it, it's cool. Oh wait, we're it's doing a break. So cool. Ah, crap. Sorry guys. Was that not show. clear when I was? Uh, I stopped uh, listening the whole to you. Setup there, I the stopped whole, like, part listening where... to you. One thing that's really cool about Colorado is Glendale, and one thing you probably didn't know about Glendale is that it's Rugbyville, USA. That's freaking go. That's real though. It's the epicenter of rugby culture in the United States. A a growing culture, a growing game. And you can tap in thanks to the American Raptors. By the way, we're probably going to do like a Raptors tailgate here in the next, I don't know, Hell two yeah. months, man. It's going to be fun. Well, I'll tell you right now, it's the place to be from June 11th to June 18th. Uh, Join yeah. us as four rugby teams from across North and South America clash on the pitch. It's called the pitch, Eric. Argentina and Uruguay take on the American Raptors. Who are we going for? Uruguay. Oh, we're going for the Raptors. Okay. Uh, I thought yeah. they were playing each other. <laughs> Is Fahu playing? Take on the American Raptors and Vancouver oh, yeah, Ravens in this two-weekend international rugby event. Adult tickets are $10 and kids 12 and under are free. For tickets and match information, go to Infinity Park at Glendale.com. Experience rugby at its finest. And if you are already in love with the game or you catch a little taste, check out that DNVR rugby podcast hosted by Colton Strickler. He does a great job of speaking to both the layman's and the diehards. Check them out, DNVR rugby podcast, wherever you get your podcasts. Love it. Are we back? We're back. Wait, are we? I think I only did one. Nope, I did. I only did one. <laughs> DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, is doing something. New customers can probably make a bunch of money. Let's figure out exactly what the deal is. Once I find the... Uh, yeah, we're there. DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, new customers can bet any $5 NBA bet and get $150 in free bets instantly. If you're looking to turn another small bet into a big payday during the NBA Finals, you can do that with DraftKings Same Game Parlays. The more legs you add, the more money you can win. Like total points, money line, you can fade Tatum points. You, you can do a gambled? lot of things you could do. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use Taking abs, close DMVR. out, baby. Make any $5 bet during the NBA Finals. Get $150 bets uh, in free bets instantly. That's promo code DNVR, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. That's an official sport, sports betting partner of the NBA. Must be 21 or older. Colorado, only new customers. Only minimum $5 deposit. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com sportsbook for details. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-522-4700. Zero. All right, now we're back for this final segment here. Um, by the way, I brought my Kill McCarr jersey tonight, Eric. I'll tell you that. So Good. Now you'll be happy for me. Dude, okay? Adam keeps showing up to Avs Keep, watch I events one time. having purchased a $300 jersey, jerseyless. It's hot. It's like a hot, it's it called a sweater. It's a sweater. So, and I didn't know how cool the bar would be. Very cool. It was like <laughs> Every, surprisingly yeah. cool. Everybody really else is wearing that. If very I had well. one, I'd wear it. I was wearing a sweatshirt. You want to borrow mine? Um, all right, here we go. Final <laughs> segment, and I want to talk about, uh, you can pull it up now. I think that was just a tweet I sent you there, Kelsey. You can kind of pull it up. Stephen A. Smith went on this rant. Uh, again, with media talking about many media, but I think it's a great topic. Kudos to Stephen A. for coming up with it and Kevin Durant for inserting himself into the conversation. <laughs> where Stephen A. says that he thinks that Michael Jordan ruined the NBA because after he says because Michael was so great, which I think is partially true. I think Jordan's the greatest player that I've ever watched. One or two, him and LeBron. But he was so good, but I think it is less about how great he was and more that he came around at the exact right time when marketing really took off at the at the mm. Nike Gatorade level and they just in McDonald's level and they just told us that it was all because of him. 
and it changed the narrative. Like before that, he brings up the point Magic and Larry and Magic passed and Larry passed and there was the team and look at how these guys work together and the team is greater than the whole. We got rid of that and for 20 years we've had MVP conversations every single game because that's all that matters is what's the one individual, as Eric would tell you, has nothing to do with any of the supporting cast. They don't matter at all. It's all the individual. That's the Eric's point. Unbelievable. Big market D-line. Big market D-line over here. Um, and then right and wrong. I, but, but here's what part of what I like is KD claps back at him. He says, my theory is that guys like Steven Skip and Shannon have changed the game for the worst players. Like player. Uh, let me see. Did I get this right? Players like Steven and Michael can only push the game forward. Uh, Stefan and Michael. Um, so we, here's one of the things that's interesting to me about this. I've said maybe four or five months ago that KD somehow lost game seven of a playoff series last year and took no strays rightfully so he played great he played brilliantly and i was like hopefully we're finally beyond the point where we slander <laughs> athletes for uh, this that maybe in the a, nba maybe that was only a lebron thing and now that lebron's gone like we just can appreciate these guys KD has found himself on the wrong side of everything since I, since that including this to me i'm like KD, why are you just stepping in everything right now he's just like trying to insert himself in a way that like it's not lost on me that he left the Warriors. They replaced him with pool and they're like just as good. Like this is like part of me is thinking he's wrong, but here's part of the thing. I do agree with him. It's part of what I hate. Jordan was great. He was incredible. He had great teammates that bought in a great coach that got those teammates to buy in. He had great running mates. And this is the story of every team that's ever won. And I do think that this is why I hate the MVP conversation. It frames basketball specifically in a way that's not the way you're actually supposed to frame it. MVPs are great. I'm not trying to say we shouldn't have them, but the, the Yoke's going to stop winning MVPs when we're ready to win titles, right? Because then finally it'll, the team will be good enough. Uh, so I kind of like this take that we've been so preoccupied, and the media in particular, and the Stephen A's of the world have been so preoccupied with who's best that they forgot what basketball is actually what makes it most interesting. See, I agree. I agree. The, 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 the counterpoint is that the way that Michael Jordan is discussed about or the way people talk about Michael Jordan in the context of the NBA is that he saved the NBA because uh, attention was waning at that point in time. And so there's some, and, and to Stephen A's point and to our point and my point earlier, Michael Jordan absolutely is the genesis of the way we hate the conversation. It's so about true. The NBA. No question. It has absolutely no been ruined this way. The NBA is so unique in that it is a team sport that is so individually driven. Um, your guy has the ball in his hands, holding the ball yeah. every possession if you want him to. Um, and a one single player can absolutely take over an entire game, uh, and which is the most thrilling thing and also the most disgusting thing, depending upon how you feel about the sport at large. Like it welcomes in the layman more than any other uh, any other sport because not only do you recognize the one player, you see their face, right? Like yeah, this is like yeah. unique for sports. Like yeah. you look at their face, you see that they're like not covered up it, with it with uniform like every other you know football players their faces are covered up hockey players their faces are covered up baseball players aren't ne like they're not nearly as um it's not as emotional of a game no <laughs> so there, there's like a connection that you make because there's like a really personal yeah. thing that happens with nba basketball players but it, it has absolutely ruined the idea of the team for a lot of people and so when Stephen a i mean i don't believe that the nba is ruined other than what i was saying just the, right, the right. conversation but um I know what he's saying. Like, I get it. It's just like, I don't know what you do. Like, it's just this, how that's how it works, man. The other thing is this kind of reminds me of the sort of 
European versus American philosophy on basketball yes, conversation we've been having, and that MJ was good enough to play the game exactly the way he played it. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of guys for the next 10, 15 years who wanted to be MJ, and the best version of themselves was not that guy. Right. Oh, that's so great. You can oh, play one-on-one. Part of what made this so hard is that Kobe actually was. He's like I a know. rare example of a carbon copy. Yes. But that, that, that's very rare. But that's very rare for most guys. Tracy McGrady should not have tried to be the next Jordan. Is there a way you could have leveraged your scoring ability into a different right. style and more effective, more impactful kind of basketball player? But everyone was like, well, I want to be that guy. And I think there are a lot of guys who went on the wrong course in terms of maximizing themselves. I know that's kind of a different point than what you guys are saying, but I do. But it's all in the world. That's kind of how I see the Jordan impact. Jordan did clearly like nothing wrong in how he played the game, but there are a lot of guys where it's like, dude, why Why is you trying to hit that shot the best basketball? Right. It's right. not. It's and here's what's interesting, not. though, about the yoke thing is that Part of, and I know all of us well enough to know that part of one of the reasons we would so love a Nuggets championship is it would feel like it would validate Jokic's greatness. But the thing is, a championship would almost certainly validate the team's greatness. And I'd say way more powerful. Like if the Nuggets win a title next year, it's almost certainly going to be because Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Jokic, and whoever else somehow formed into this perfect, Mm -hmm. cohesive unit that works so perfectly that... Murray had a moment and MPJ had a moment and Jokic had a moment and they're all playing off each other so perfectly. And it's funny because conceptually, like I think when most people close their eyes and picture it, they picture Jokic going for 50. Right. And like that might happen. But to me, it wouldn't make Jokic any greater or less great. It's just like it's probably going to be the way that team comes together. But we're so steeped in viewing things through the prism of this one guy did it and everyone else was just standing around close to him. Absolutely. Unless Jason Tatum, then he's <laughs> But that's is, the, the way to play. But the, the larger thing is, is that sometimes it is that. Sometimes LeBron literally is just the best player in the world and that's all you can do is just watch. LeBron has four championships. It's true. I, I mean, that's a lot of championships, se- though. Yeah, but in 19 seasons? It's and tr- LeBron is, like, that good. It's true. No, he needs help for sure, but, it, it like... There have been a bunch of really great squads that he's been a part of, and he's the common denominator. The, basketball is such where you can, if right. if the per, if the talent is transcended enough, you can absolutely take over a game. Right? Now, this, by the way, this conversation is not all scoring versus passing. Like the next version of this conversation, I think we're kind of there with the heliocentric stuff. Luca and Dallas right. did they look a little better when he laid off the gas right, a little bit? Right. Totally. But I do one of the things I really appreciate about where the NBA is at right now. It's either, oh, that's a great team, or the way that guy is great is going to help push this conversation forward a little bit. Jokic in particular, it's my favorite thing about him. I do think slowly but surely we're sort of creeping our way out of an archaic perspective on the game in this this way. I also, the the last layer of this that I think is interesting, I mean, is this the 30th straight time I'll reference Dream on Green's podcast? (laughs) But he, he, he keeps referencing the new media and its players. Last night, LeBron James... He has to insert himself in the conversation. I haven't heard from him for like 24 hours, but he hopped on. That's a good point. Uh, he's starting a new podcast, I think, based on his hint. No I'm going to be on a new podcast. Is it my own? Hmm. Hmm. So he's the worst. And <laughs> the way he teases things. He's just honestly a- just Paul Millsap that's like great, <laughs> way greater. Are but he's the same like personality. Magic? Just a pod from Akron. Just a pod from Akron. It's going to oh, be called God. that. He doesn't no. do that. It's definitely so is going to be called that. He absolutely no. needs to call it that. Oh, it's going to be called that. And it's going to be the worst podcast you've ever seen. It's Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Anyway, this idea of new media. This idea of 
I understand why players want to take back their own narrative. We all want to take back our own narrative. Who would rather tell the story of Brendan Vogt than Brendan Vogt? It would, he would tell it the most flattering for Brendan Vogt. This is true. Right? If, if D-Line told the story of Brendan Vogt, he might not like that story. I, agree, no, he would, he, I promise you he wouldn't let that. that. Story, yeah. would really, I would not green light that film. So Katie's clap back here of Stephen A. Like Stephen A. is a guy that calls people out. I mean, like that's what he does is he... We gotta divide the story into two sides. You take one, I'll take the other. Katie sucks. That's my side. Like I'm gonna go for it. Players hate this, and that's why this idea of new media is, is to me is so hilarious. Draymond Green even is like trying to replace the old media. You're not gonna replace it. DNVR is not going to replace the old media. I really don't think so. We just no. invent a new one alongside it, and people yes. are gonna have to decide which one they like better sure, and which I one am. they take. And this idea of like we're here to take your jobs. It's like you don't understand how any of this works. <laughs> no. No, that's and, and frankly, like if we're talking DMVR, DMVR is never like that. We're not, it's not designed to take over old media. It's it's designed to work in concert with. It's like you get the official source, and then you get opinions that are slanted towards, or at least focused on the side that you are most aligned with. Uh, you know, philosophically, or at least like emotionally. Um, players too. That the you know, it's just like. The, the the learned NBA fan just like wants different perspectives. This is what you should want in all aspects of life is to sort of like try to understand the larger picture by hearing people who have different perspectives on things. Lend this is what I anytime I work on any design, I'll put out on Twitter. I'll be like, yo, can I get some feedback? Because I want like I know what I think. I know what Adam thinks. I know what whatever. But I don't know what just somebody who has nothing to do with my life or my perspective thinks about a certain thing. Things come up that you never considered before because you only know what you know in this life. And so you should always seek out as many perspectives as, as you possibly can on everything. I, I think a lot of this conversation is about intended audiences and bubbles. I kind of view it through the the um, inside prism, inside, the, the TNT show, because there are, you know, there's a new younger kind of basketball fan that might say, I hate this. They're not talking about the game. They're yeah. not pushing the game forward. There are millions of people who think it's the best part of the night. They right. Think it's a beautiful. I do. I love exactly what it should be. And, yeah. and this is my point is there's not one audience. Right. There's not right. one audience that's hungry for the same thing. Right. And so as we start, we do. Also, this. there's nobody that's great enough to be good at all of at these all things. Of it. Like the thing is, I love Charles Barkley. I don't like his analysis at least 50% of the time. I just don't care. He's too funny. But the show's hilarious. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's like, totally it's great. Agree. I think there's a we're in a weird thing with sports fandom now. There's the enlightenment of the sports fan. We want we want to find the truth yeah. about the game and the discourse. The truth. The right answer. And right. I think with a lot of these conversations... There isn't just, a truth, man. That's actually that how the way. world works. There's yeah, not a truth. There's just multiple perspectives. And more. the more angles you can look at the thing, the more yeah. true your yeah. objectivity can become. The more complete... You guys want to smoke some weed? <laughs> um, guys, Monday back. It felt great to be back well, here. Oh, it great go, to man. argue with you guys, to yell at you guys, vote. You well, so where did we land? Like, am, I, am I right or am I wrong? I don't understand. Like... Uh, are the Warriors back or not back? We'll know by the end of game three. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we hope you guys enjoyed it. The man with the wind in his hair is back tomorrow. We're going to be talking Josh Kroenke presser. Go. Lots of things to get Dude, to. Dude, people crying for a more handsome show. They really have been, man. That they I can't they got a little bit of it today. They did yeah, a little they bit, did of a little bit today, back. <laughs> tomorrow we'll get the full handsome squad. Hit that like button on the way out, everybody. 